Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast. Starring Dave Schilling, Norvan Lear, Artis Gilmore, Joey Devine, Andres Nocioni, Dave Corzine, Sean Keen, Orlando Woolridge, Sam Borwinkle, Patreons, William Cheney, thank you, William. Silky Johnson, muchos gracias, Silky. Simon Cod, thank you, Simon. Special guest, John Wilmes, aka Wilms. Musical guest, Trench And now the temporary host of Brown Ball Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast. And we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here, as always, with uh, America's dad, uh, America's uncle, America's finest Zoom comedian, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I do think I'm America's uncle. You are honestly. America's uncle. I said America's dad, and I was like, nah, he's an uncle. Yeah, um, I mean, even when I have kids someday... Uh, I still kind of think they're going to be like, yeah, it's Uncle Dad. <laughs> <laughs> has there has anyone ever made a movie called Uncle Dad? Feels like I should be. really write one yeah. now. <laughs> Uncle Dad. <laughs> uh, we've got a special guest today, too, uh, from the Quarantine Cast 2020 podcast, <laughs> from uh, Real GM, from uh, the great windy city of chicago that people only know of because sufjan stevens wrote about it uh it's our friend john wilmis john how are you 
you know, I'm pretty good. Uh, there's never been a movie called Uncle Dad, but th- there is one called Mr. Mom. Well, yeah, I've seen Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom is a very good movie, actually. It's one of the only movies uh, that we had on VHS tape. So my grandma would tape movies on super long play. So I think I have a distorted idea of how Mr. Mom is supposed to sound <laughs> when it's not uh, stretched out to record on uh, six hours of VHS tape. Uh, we're all three of us are in a group DM together. And last night, while we're talking about movies that people inexplicably saw a ton as children, the movie Radio Flyer came up. And somehow we realized that uh, there's about 10 people in the group chat and like eight of us have seen the movie Radio Flyer like 37 times each. Um, I was I was not one. I know. Uh, I also have never seen it. And reading about it was just blowing my mind. So, Joey, you've seen it many times. Yes, it was like on all the time. Um. So this is. Would you just describe what happens in the movie a little bit? Sure. So the movie Radio Flyer is a family movie directed by Richard Donner um, oh. about two children, one of which, uh, both of which have an abusive alcoholic father, and mm-hmm. uh, to escape their uh, the, their child abuse, they decide to turn a red wagon into a flying machine to get away from their alcoholic father. Mm-hmm. And Ro- Roger Ebert hated this. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. Look, as a child, I didn't. I sort of didn't realize, um, how bad it is. But it's bad, you know, because like it kind of gives you the idea, like. Oh yeah, uh, the only escape of child from child abuse is building a flying machine out of a you know it's like because it's like cute in theory. Well, also Adam Adam Baldwin plays the abusive stepdad. I I don't remember if it's dad, dad? or stepdad. I don't know. Yeah, but they have to call him the king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Well, and they he's turn... like, I don't, if I remember right, I don't think you ever even see his face. Um, it's it's starting to sound very fable-ish at this point. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah you're already, um, but, but also there's a framing device where Tom Hanks introduces the story. Yeah, because Tom Hanks is one of the kids grown up. And he's supposed to be grown up Elijah Wood. Yeah, and he's like telling the story of the radio flyer, yeah. That is a weird <laughs> concept. Okay, so the is it budget a pre- for this is it a film was the Castaway. <laughs> <laughs> so this this the budget for this film was thirty five million dollars, uh, partially because they gave this uh, inexperienced screenwriter uh, a million and a half to make it, fired him, and they they lost like five million dollars in the first week of production. They fired him and then gave Richard Donner. Five million dollars to mm-hmm. take its place. Yeah, and uh, the movie grossed just under five million dollars. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe that. Uh, oh, by the way, this is also uh, the the guy who wrote Radio Flyer. The other things he wrote were basically like uh, the Sandlot, mm-hmm. First Kid, mm-hmm. um, Ed, the movie where um, Matt LeBlanc. 
befriends a baseball playing ape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he's written a bunch of Beethoven sequels and mm-hmm. Sandlot sequels. I should also mention that this is the movie Richard Donner directed in between Lethal Weapon 2 and Lethal Weapon 3. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> uh, this guy also wrote Ace Ventura Jr. Pet mm-hmm. Detective. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it does not it does not have the participation of uh uh-huh Jim Carrey. Sure. Sounds right. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's like sort of Snyder cut-ish in a way because it sounds like he was successful enough with these lethal weapon movies and whatever else he was making at the time that he got kind of a blank check, right? Um and yeah. that's when that's when we get the weirdest possible blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, um also here's the, weirdest- the thing. I don't know if this is even the weirdest movie in Richard Donner's career. Because uh, Richard Donner also directed The Toy, which might be weirder than this, you know? The Toy at least makes sense, though. I mean, it's, it's John, like are you familiar bit... with the plot of the movie The Toy? I, I do not know about The Toy. Is this with you know, I think Donner? I am familiar with the plot, but please. Uh, so The Toy is Richard Pryor, and he's a... I'll just read the synopsis. An underemployed reporter, uh, Richard Pryor, finds himself literally purchased as a toy for a rich, spoiled brat. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty weird. Wikipedia entry contains a sentence. Morehouse, Morehouse fails to convince Eric that human beings cannot be owned, so in exchange for a generous financial settlement... He agrees to Jack agrees to be Eric's live in friend during his one week spring break from military school. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's pretty, also pretty a weird, K-K-K pretty K-K weird plot in this movie <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. where the grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Well, Richard Pryor embarrasses the grand wizard and makes him fall into a bowl of chocolate fudge. Mm-hmm. Then the grand wizard throws a pie at Jack, but he hits a policeman instead. So he is arrested. Mm hmm. Um, what a weird, weird movie, but still <laughs> not as weird as Radio Fire, which again had a Super Nintendo game in development for it, and then they abandoned the game because they realized the movie was A, a giant box office bomb, and B, about child abuse, <laughs> mostly about child abuse. Yeah, uh, people just don't want to watch child abuse stuff. Uh, I mean, they definitely don't want to play a child abuse video game, I think. No. I mean, I think I don't know. I'm no, I'm no marketing expert. I'm not a, I'm not a Nintendo Switch focus group member. Um. Anyway, the, he also goes on to direct Maverick. You guys might be familiar with the movie Mad- Maverick. Not weird at all. Um. Also, uh, Scrooged. Um. Anyway, we should talk about basketball. <laughs> That's why we've got John Wilness on. Um, yeah. John, before we get to the news. Uh, I want to give you a second here. Just uh, you're you're on one of our favorite podcasts, Quarantine Cast 2020. Yeah. Um, and sometimes uh, they just our friend Corbin just likes to give you uh some room to bitch. Uh, do you do you have anything you want to go to the bitch center for before we get to the news? Well, you know, I I could bitch about Corbin himself if <laughs> if I needed to. Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to to come on here, I talked to Joy. I was like. I can't talk about basketball with Corbin anymore, 
right? Like I was doing a basketball podcast basically with this person for several years. And then he's like, I don't want to watch basketball anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just talk about whatever now, which is fine. I mean, they're, you know, they're, you love talking to your friend. I do love talking to my friend, Corbin, Corbin yeah. Smith. Yeah. Um, Corbin A. Smith. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a good time. Not but, to be yeah. confused with Corbin Smith NFL. Well, I like talking to him too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's just a really nice guy. I like to hear his his rankings of the best metal albums of all time, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, dude, I, I just I just need to talk some hoops. I need to talk basketball. Well, do you want to? We're going to talk basketball, obviously. That's what we do on this show. But do you have anything you want to go to the bitch center for outside of basketball? Oh, God. No, you know, I'm in a good mood. I'm, okay. I'm on spring break right now. I can't. <laughs> I can't I can't summon it until you start talking about like the haters, mm-hmm. um, like the Chicago Bulls haters specifically, because I'm I'm all the way back in, baby. Um, my mood's going to be pretty good. All right. Well, then let's go to the news. This is round ball rock news, basketball news for humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean, what's our first news story today? Well, I'm glad you asked, Joey, because our first one is about uh, about beef. Uh, we have a we have a man from uh, America's beefiest city, the hog butcher of the West. That's not a cow. Um, the beef is between, uh, you know, Twitter, social media user and part time basketball player Kevin Durant <laughs> and uh you know, America's palest actor who kind of does a black guy voice all the time, Michael Rappaport. Mm-hmm. They had a feud. The star of uh, Netflix's Atypical. That's um, right, from Zebrahead. Yeah. <laughs> and the Chappelle Show Kinko sketch. <laughs> and the season of Justified, people liked a lot less than all the other seasons of Justified. <laughs> and from Boston Public. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. mainly Boston Public. Yeah, um, uh-huh. I mean, also we look. We could go. We could list Copland all we want, but who is it? The What's heat. his name? <laughs> Higher you, learning. Um, okay. Did you know he's a voice on Pound Puppies? What? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um. So Pound, Pound Puppies. puppies. How do I we... mean, I know what Pound Puppies are as a thing, mm-hmm. just not as a show. Well, they rebooted Pound Puppies as a cartoon show in 2010. It ran from 2010 to 2013. It's about puppies being adopted, right? Well, it is okay, a group of pound dogs make it their mission to place puppies with their perfect person and have lots of adventures along the way. Is this a cartoon? Yes, it is a cartoon. (laughs) Rappaport? See, I think that's a good role for Rappaport. He plays Squirt. He doesn't have to worry about his his skin. Uh, You know who plays Lucky? Greg. Kevin Durant? Uh, No, sorry. Will from Will and Grace. I gotta say, I'm looking up a picture of... (laughs) <laughs> I'm looking up a picture of Squirt, and it's making me. Re- it's sort of reminding me of when Louis C.K. was the voice in mm-hmm. the first uh, Secret Life of Pets yeah, movie. The mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then he got canceled, and they just replaced him without explanation with Patton Oswalt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know we could be going to a place where uh, Michael Rappaport gets canceled, <laughs> and 
you know, I don't know who they're going to replace him with as Squirt, um, but we would could be, have another episode. Like I that. gotta say, like Lewis Black, would it be Lewis Black, Joey? Oh, Bill Burr? Good. Would Bill Burr step in? Uh, it'd be Bill Burr, right? Yeah, it would be Bill Burr. Yeah. Um, I gotta say the cast list for Pound Puppies, sixty-five episodes, pretty insane. M. Emmett Walsh was on Pound Puppies. Uh, uh, J.K. Simmons, Oscar nominee J.K. Simmons, Pound Puppies. Uh, a lot of lot of crazy names on here. Carlos Alazraki, of course, the king of the talking dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dabney, uh, as you know, he's the Taco yeah, Bell. Yeah. Dabney Coleman was on four episodes of Pound Puppies. <laughs> he left after uh, creative differences. <laughs> Tom Kenny, SpongeBob himself, weirdly only on two episodes of Pound Puppies. Um, anyway, so Michael Rappaport and Kevin Durant. Uh, how did this come out? They got in a, a beef, Sean? Yeah, it started when it looked like um michael rapaport tweeted about there was a famously awkward interview that kevin durant did with uh the inside nba guys after i think brooklyn's first game of the season this year mm-hmm. and michael rapaport basically tweeted something to the effect of uh like what a weird interview if you don't want to do it just don't do the interview bro uh-huh um yeah, let's see. His original comment, yeah, was KD seemed deeply in his feelings with the NBA on TNT crew after the game. He tagged them. Damn it. He's super sensitive about everything. Don't do the interview. And then Kevin Durant responded with you a bitch. Uh-huh. And this is in his DMs. This is in the DMs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like this. I can't tell if this was all happening last december or if this has stretched out over a couple of months rapaport definitely leaked it yesterday though yeah for some reason so i suspicion that he in the screen grabs deleted some of his own messages before he took the screen mm -hmm. grabs and shared them not that i think that justifies some of the things that kevin durant says but Mm -hmm. people are people are wondering People are wondering. People are saying that. I personally think that Michael Rappaport is not really sophisticated enough to do that, but <laughs> he has you, you been, don't think uh, figured it out? Yeah. <laughs> you mean uh, Joey the Raccoon from Dr. Doolittle 2 probably doesn't know how to delete messages on Instagram DMs? Is that what you're telling uh, me? But it also just seems... Dale from just... Lucky Numbers can't do it, Sean? <laughs> I just I just feel like that that it would not be unprecedented for Kevin Durant to be, you know, continuing to send many unanswered messages like this. That's like there's no there's no point where I feel like one of Michael Rappaport's messages is missing. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? He he does like like quintuple text him. It's insane. Yeah, it's Uh uh-huh. And then the last the last page now. No, I would say Kevin Durant, pretty inappropriate in the exchange. But then... Uh, pretty inappropriate. I would say very... Uh, yeah, 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 very inappropriate. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, terrible. But but He the, literally threat asks for Michael Rappaport's address to go fight him at his house. 
Yes, he gives then, them some locations where they can meet for a fight. And yeah, then, can you give me uh, those locations right now? Actually, do you, do you want to? Oh, oh, what what catch steak is? Yeah, I'm gonna look up. Yeah, yeah. Catch steak. I gotta give a York. I gotta give a a qualifier for all of these locations mm-hmm. only in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. so catch, uh, catch steak is on ninth and yeah. 16th. No, I'm looking at it right now. Um. I'm going to pull up Catch Steak's menu, in fact, is what I'm definitely going to do once this loads. Um, I mean, it is, it is in, there is a Catch Steakhouse in Vegas. There's one in L.A. Mm-hmm. Now, they, the thing, the thing that Kevin Durant might not realize is that uh, this has the authority of a classic steakhouse. But honestly, it's uh, a lighter and brighter style, <laughs> which is kind of like Catch Hospitality, uh, you know, thing. Okay, so Catch Steakhouse only serves Japanese Wagyu steak, it looks like. Um, there are no prices on their menus. Oh, no, yeah, they are. So the that cheapest, means it's free, right? No, the cheapest thing I'm looking at at Catch Steak's menu right now is $42 for an 8-ounce prime rib steak. I mean, there's salads that are 22, but you know what I mean. As for that's, an entree, that's lower than I thought. It's lower than yeah, I thought, same. Honestly. But my question for you guys is, how do you think Catch Steak would feel if the you they were if they looked out the window and Michael Rappaport was fighting <laughs> Kevin Durant in the street? Oh my god! I feel like Kevin Durant. I mean, he's obviously way bigger than michael rapaport but like long reach but yeah when yeah. was the last time he scrapped yeah. michael rapaport has not scrapped i'm putting the kibosh on this right now okay you're you're right because i but i don't think that's the reason i think it's because michael rapaport is probably a wimp mm-hmm. um but like people get under kevin durant all the time that's like okay. he's also 52 years old <laughs> that's that's like the other the other reason this is uh I'm sure right I'm sure he has been in a fight like with Lily Taylor when he was harassing uh-huh, her. Uh-huh, when he was harassing her. Yeah, he's a good guy, Michael Rappaport. Really good guy. I still um, think that somebody with Kevin Durant's injury history should be like, you know, recreationally fighting Michael Rappaport. <laughs> right. <laughs> like like play a play a game wait, first before you, you go to street fighting. Wait, you're telling me that Kevin Durant coming off a torn ACL Shouldn't be fighting Gary from Friends in the street no. outside of Catch Steak. Yeah, that's a really good point because I was thinking like, if you're gonna fight somebody, it shouldn't be Lieutenant Put- Put- Putney from Live Free or Die. <laughs> what about okay? What if what if I told you he was gonna fight Tom Scoggins from Deep Blue Sea? <laughs> oh, I mean that that seems a little more realistic. But honestly, if he's going to try to fight GM1 Snowhill from Men of Honor, <laughs> forget it. Uh, you know who he shouldn't be fighting, though, is Paul Kirkwood from Beautiful Girls. <laughs> oh, you're right. That guy That guy has been in some fights. Uh, Do you guys see the, the fucking Rappaport movie where he's like thinks he's a superhero, but he's just imagining it? Yeah. <laughs> what movie is that called? That is it's called Special. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like that's like Kevin Durant when he's online. <laughs> uh, do you think Kevin Durant should be fighting Don Weppner from Chuck? <laughs> oh, yeah, that that could work. 
I, I think he should he should only be fighting Chuck from Chuck. It's like anything else is like <laughs> too not big brand enough, I don't think. Yeah. And uh I would say probably the skinhead from the basketball diaries is probably a pretty good fighter. Or the skinhead from uh higher learning. Oh. He also His played Remy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, so Kevin, I would say the really inappropriate thing is like some real homophobic slurs. Yeah, going Michael Rapport's direction. Also, um, not really like Michael Rapport didn't really say very much. No. no, but that's why people think he deleted some stuff. You know? Like, yeah, it, I just don't really think it's off brand for do you think he typed you can't talk to me frank stump from my name is earl like this (laughs) (laughs) probably a really good point he's like hey you fuck with me you're fucking with my co-star from kiss of death david caruso (laughs) yes i played ronnie gannon in that one Hey, I'm Dave Gold from The War at Home. <laughs> I'm going to bring the war to your home, but no, you cannot have my address. <laughs> you can't talk to me gay, like that. I'm, <laughs> I'm Ben from Hitch. <laughs> Man, he's been around for a while. Uh huh. He's, he's been in a, a lot, lot of stuff. Of a lot of things. Good gracious. He's also he's also like, hey, uh, Kevin, don't you remember when we met? Uh, I'm Coach Darren Stackhouse from NBA 2K19. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Um, so so the, we're, if we're if missing we, the best part, though. Yeah, ahead, we're missing the best part, though, which is... Oh, yeah. He then is like, <laughs> it again, there's no responses for a while from Kevin Durant. Uh, I mean, from Rappaport. But then Kevin Durant is like, you called your lawyer on me? <laughs> what? Like, what is what is he calling his lawyer for anyway? Like, um, Kevin Durant was mean to me? <laughs> Harassment or something? I don't know. Has anyone ever been, like, successfully, you know, like, have they ever, like, lost in a civil suit over being mean to someone online? <laughs> I mean, I feel like Kevin Durant is the person who's going to make sure we find that out happens. what happens. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> this is his truest destiny. It's, like, not related to basketball. It's, like, pushing the law, like, seeing where the lines actually mm-hmm. lie, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Being so online that, like, it had to go to Supreme Court. (laughs) Also, real bummer moment, I gotta say, when Kevin Durant, like, sides with Dave Portnoy in his shit talking. Yeah. See, this is, like, this is part of uh, Portnoy's, like, extra super power. I thought you were going to say complaint. Um... (laughs) No. Um, Of just being shitty. Like, he knows how to, like, just often enough put you in that situation where you are like almost got to hand it to him. I still, I never will. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like, there is a really good restaurant here in Chicago that was like really struggling during the pandemic. And I guess Barstool did some fundraising and gave them a bunch of money. Um, and now they're like doing fine. It's like this really awesome Costa Rican restaurant. Um, but now they have, I drive by it 
pretty often. And he has a big banner outside of the restaurant. It's like, thank you, Dave Portnoy and Barstool oh. Sports. Oh. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> they should, well, you know what the, it, it should say out there, you know, is of course, uh, thank you, Jamie DeLeo from that one episode of NYPD Blue. <laughs> Oh yeah. How do you don't you think it would hype things up for them if uh if Rappaport and Kevin Durant fought outside that restaurant? Would that be more or less mm, of a, than the bar school bump the bar stool bump as we I, call more, it? More, right? You gotta think if Kevin Durant and Michael Rappaport get in a street fight outside your restaurant, uh you're gonna get a lot more business, you'd think, right? Well, so Michael Rapport sued Barstool Sports. Yeah, it's yeah. a long story. He lost it's today. It's still actually. happening. He, he, they got they made a shirt making fun of him, and then he sued them for defamation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his lawsuit about them not paying him the money they owed him is still open. But yeah, they they uh, made made a T shirt where he's dressed as a clown and very clearly has like herpes on his face, mm-hmm. and the judge was like. Yeah, it might not, it might be herpes, but it might. No reasonable person could think it wasn't herpes. And then he this... said Saturdays are for the boys. Saturdays uh... are for the boys. <laughs> in a legal decision. <laughs> wow, it went up to Kavanaugh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> I wish there was a barstool Twitter just for, like, Supreme Court decisions. <laughs> Barstool Supreme Court uh-huh. vertical. <laughs> barstool big robe. <laughs> There's like some pot like barstool podcaster in her entire thing. She's a bass like NBA podcaster in her like seemingly 90% of her bit is just talking about how Ben Simmons can't shoot. Um, uh-huh. And it's like it's just like designed to make people like fucking angry, you know? <laughs> and it's just like I I heard about it. A uh, friend of the program, Ricky O'Donnell, directed me toward it. And I spent like 10 minutes looking at this. And I don't think I've ever been so angry. Well, because like, nothing like, makes you more fuck? mad than ben, Slim- ben Simmons slander, right? Yeah, I mean, there are other things that make me more mad now. But that was number one for a while, probably, yeah. Uh-huh. It's like, it's just like people getting their heads, like, you know, fixed to extremely hegemonic ideas of how you're supposed to play basketball and then like you know just like shitting all over a player who doesn't fit that exact prototypical template well he should change hands right he shoots with the wrong hand right i don't even know i'm not one of these people who understands like whether somebody's jump shot is good or not (laughs) although like i got in a fucking thing with somebody over this recently because he was like you know the bulls shouldn't go get lonzo ball because he can't shoot and i'm like well he's like 38 and 39% from three this year and last year, it's like not that bad. And he's like, well, he has a fundamentally bad form, so he can't shoot. And I'm just like, I don't care. (laughs) I wish guys, I, I kind of like that. We're getting a throwback now to like guys with, cause for like like, a while there, it was like only Ronnie Brewer had a weird jump shot. Everyone else had like the same. It's still mostly the same, right? right? Like who else is weird right now? Um, I mean, well, Draymond, Draymond shooting threes. Yeah, Draymond <laughs> looks like he shoots with a backpack on. Uh, but, like, who's who's weird that, like, makes shots? Well, LaMelo has kind of a weird jumper, doesn't he? LaMelo and Lonzo. Yeah. Because, you know, they're they not have, basketball they're players. They're different weird. They're 21 players, okay? <laughs> yes. It's not the same sport. <laughs> 
it's the mecca. Yeah, I believe Chino Hills is the mecca of twenty one. I believe that's tight, dude. That's so cool. <laughs> There's just like an inherently sort of Calvin Ball kind of a like way that Lamelo plays. He just does things that don't occur to other players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Bonzo kind of looked like that in college, but I just feel like he hasn't looked that much like that in the pros. Um, but I, I don't think, know. I mean, I have some theories about that uh, that weirdly have to do with birth order a little bit. Mm, I love it. Go I, in. I think Lonzo is a little too, and I say this as the firstborn as well. He has, like, a little bit too much, like, uh, all the pressure's on me, I'm the firstborn son, and I can't screw this up in mm-hmm. his game, you know what I mean? Where, like, college, it was easy, and then the NBA, it was, like, so much got put on his shoulders, it was, like, from his dad and his shoe company and everything else, I kind of think they're, he weirdly is just more conservative, where Lamelo is just like, whatever, fuck it, I'm uh driving a car 99 miles per hour and who cares i'm not gonna get in trouble i'm a babe i'm the baby in the family you know what i mean it's time oh yeah absolutely. i love it <laughs> i mean i also i also am uh very much on the on the subject of like hey don't don't decide a guy sucks uh before he turns 22 maybe mm-hmm. like like for a complicated uh difficult position like point guard in the nba i mean i don't know but but yeah it's like what is it year four for him yeah he's 23 yeah it's year four yeah so anyway he's gonna be a good role player for like the next 10 years probably Um, yeah starter for a while like (laughs) like people act like people act like that this is like a a huge disappointment or something we'll get to this later but uh well, before it's we, like before we talk more basketball, Sean, did you have a Michael Rappaport game you wanted to play? Did I have a Michael Rappaport game? Hold on, let me. <laughs> sorry, I've been looking up Lonzo facts. Okay, well, here, yeah. This, oh wait, no, I, you I have a Bulls game. We got to move. I have on. a Bulls sorry, game. Sorry, I yeah, forgot. Yeah. I forgot. My <laughs> questions are are just. I have some simple questions about this. First of all, is there any possible way to win if you're feuding with Michael Rappaport? And again. Dave Portnoy accepted. If you're me, even? No, like anyone. Like, anyone. this is the lowest you can go, right? Just in general. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really bad. I actually tweeted um, that, you know, no matter who you are, uh, publicly beefing with Michael Rappaport is a kind of rock bottom. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's 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 been liked enough times that I had to mute it. And, um, you know, I, I believe this, uh, clearly a lot of people believe this, right? Uh, like it would, if I, I'm not a famous person, right? And mm-hmm. so if I was publicly beefing with Michael Rappaport, I would, it would be the most attention I'd ever gotten probably. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be just as bad as Kevin Durant doing. <laughs> like, it's just not, there's a, there might be like a kryptonite here to somehow defeat Michael Rappaport, but like, I, we don't know what it is. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like he's he's inherently uh, a guy who is maybe like thinks he's a little more funny than he is and thinks his rants are funnier mm-hmm. than they are. But ultimately, this is a 52 year old actor. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what are you expecting from this guy? <laughs> like, like, 
Like, don't, yeah, would, don't argue with say, anyone who's 52 on the internet. Well, I would also say that his greatest gift as a performer is his, is his pathos, right? He, like, very effectively um, portrays losers. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's just not somebody you want to, like, shit all over. Yeah. You just You just look like a fucking asshole. Even though he's annoying, sure, but, like... And he sucks. I want to make it very clear. Sucks. Michael Rappaport sucks. Don't get, sucks. Don't get me Fuck wrong. Michael Rappaport. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Corrigan all the way, if I'm picking one of those, a uh, guy in that lane, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, do you, do you hate seeing Michael Rappaport in a movie? No, it's, like, always kind of the same. He's, he's like, a, he's neither reliable. good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, as an actor, he's fine. It's everything else I don't want to deal with, you know what I mean? What, do you didn't like that Tribe Called Quest documentary, the very authentic one he made? <laughs> I mean, that's what you're getting with Rappaport, right? Authenticity. <laughs> he's, also, he's also like a guy who will talk to anyone. Like, mm-hmm. like that's that's like the upside and the downside. That like, uh, now I'll say in in my in my work as a big three reporter, it was certainly more pleasant to communicate with Michael Rappaport than with say Rick Barry. Uh, <laughs> Oddly, the two best people to talk to were, I mean, this is not a surprise, Stephen Jackson and Ice Cube himself. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I didn't actually have any complaints about anyone involved with the big three. Except, well, Rick uh, Barry. And I was, a li- yeah, I was a little scared of Gary Payton, too, I have to say. Um, all right, we should move on, though. We've talked about Michael Rappaport for 40 Oh, minutes. yeah, I just had one more question, which is, uh, if KD does get suspended from Twitter for this... Does Lamar- Marcus Aldridge have to take over this beef, or can Blake Griffin do it? Oh, is is that why KD recruited him? Is that what you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so because he's like uh, just enough followers. I can, Lamarcus, you have to you have to DM these teenagers now. <laughs> these teenagers and Michael Rappaport. Uh, and Michael it, Rappaport. It is weird how blatantly like Kevin Durant seems to be running the Nets, uh-huh. like. It doesn't seem like the front office had any agency in whether they signed Lamarcus or not. It was like <laughs> Kevin Durant texted him and was like, "Come," and then he came. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, but like, I was like trying to make this. I was trying to talk to Corbin about this, and of course, he doesn't watch basketball anymore, so uh-huh. he doesn't. He doesn't really, you know, follow the metaphor. But like in Avengers Endgame, when they all put those suits on the like ant-man suits to time travel yeah yeah and there's like uh-huh. a slow motion montage yeah. of them like getting ready to time travel to save the world like getting the bang the gang back together i feel like the nets like kind of think that's what they are except instead of like traveling through time to save the world it's like traveling through time to like silence the haters um <laughs> like it's like and all the things that we failed to do in the past like you're gonna pay for like making fun of us for not succeeding in those moments because we're all getting together, baby. But like, it's obviously like not that well thought out because you know, Marcus Aldridge isn't good anymore. And if he's playing minutes, he's taking them away from better players and better players for that team. That's I've been thinking, I I think I said this on our Patreon this week, but whatever, I'll repeat it. Um, I've been fascinated this week thinking about Joe Harris and just like, how strange it must be for him to like look at all these photoshops of Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge and the big three and the Nets 
in their Nets uniforms and people being like, wow, five Hall of Famers. And then for him to just be sitting at home like, but but I'm the fourth best player on the team. Well, he's like, he's one of the reasons, one of the reasons he's so valuable is he's in the Danny Green, PJ Tucker category of was in the league, was out of the league, and then remade himself and got back in the league. Uh-huh. Um, he's American. He's American Jingles. Uh-huh. I also, I also don't think that NBA players are necessarily like I'm the fourth best player yeah, on this that's team. True, like, yeah. if you're not one of the top two or three, like uh, maybe at the bar though, when they're trying to get a lady at the I'm bar. Just, you know? I just think he he definitely knows he's better than Lamarcus Aldridge at this point in their careers, respectively. Yeah. But he's not. He's not going to the Hall of Fame like Lamarcus is. <laughs> See if Corbin cared about basketball anymore. He'd be mad about that. Yeah. But. I just I figured out how to make Corbin care about this though. I'm gonna like start comparing it to different eras of Wilco and people falling in line behind Jeff Tweedy. Oh. Uh, and and he'll get really into it then. Maybe he'll write a blog about that. Mm. Oh, let's let's get him let's get him off the chain. Yeah, let's get him rolling in the blog is, pastures. Is Russell Westbrook the guy who died? Uh. Oh God. Um <laughs> Jay, what's his face? Jay, Jay Bennett. Yeah. 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 Ooh, Westbrook might be Jay Bennett in this situation. Yeah. God. Oof. They were almost the musical guest this week, actually, for Don Fardo. Uh, all right. Yeah, he, uh, he likes Fred Armisen's drumming for Trenchmouth, so. Um, all right. Um, we got to talk about the Bulls, because that's what, why John yeah. is here. But I should just quickly mention hey shout out to brian windhorse for admitting to making up a rumor about lebron uh trying to get curry to come to the lakers next did he, summer did he admit that on the podcast that i don't know i just saw the tweet i don't know i just saw a tweet from it. someone saying he he said he made it up i couldn't actually find the actual moment but anyway but shouts to windhorse uh i hate it when any reporter makes up a rumor Except Brian Windhorst. He's allowed to do it. Everyone else, you have to report real things. Brian Windhorst can say whatever he wants. He hates the aggregators <laughs> so much. So much. I, I mean, um yeah. love that he makes up rumors so much. <laughs> uh, I think it's like the fact that he's he's not Windhorst, right? He's Alpha Brian. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's come into his power this year in but a like, way that he hasn't ever before. I see, and we'll get more into this, but like I see the way that people are analyzing um, this Bulls trade for Nikola Vucevic, mm-hmm. uh, kind of taking into consideration things that he said on his recent podcast, which I don't even think he said was based on intel. It sounds speculative <laughs> about like you know what this means about their future and i'm like he just admitted to making things up so like <laughs> i i'm not gonna take take that super to heart i mean remember when he wouldn't tell anyone that J.R. smith threw a bowl of chicken tortilla uh-huh. soup at the assistant uh-huh. coach didn't he say i knew 10 minutes after it happened and i and refused kind to of tell anyone that, yeah he said, yeah he said I knew 10 minutes after that happened. I I knew what type of soup that was. And I knew everyone would want it, and everyone kept texting me what soup it was, and I wouldn't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> no God, one's dude, like he's... that. It's so great. <laughs> he owns, dude. He owns the hustle. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk bulls. Sean, what do you want to do here? All right, well, I just want to recap the big moves they made 
just just to give everybody context, the Bulls of Chicago said goodbye to Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr., Chandler Hutchinson, Daniel Gafford, Luke Cornett, and two picks, two first-round picks in 2021 and 2023 that are top four protected. And they said hello to two-time All-Star Nikola Vucevic, former Celtic Daniel Theis, Al Farouk Aminu, Portland's, Portland's estranged nephew, Troy Brown Jr. from the Wizards, and Javante Green from the Celtics. Now, my question to you, Wilms, is why are the Bulls sacrificing their entire future? Here? Because <laughs> the only great, things that matter question, yeah. are winning championships and being the absolute worst team in the league, and you need to choose only <laughs> one of those. Those are the yeah. two paths. I mean, I, I, I obviously you're being sarcastic. I like the trade. Um, top four protections on picks, I think, are. I wouldn't say that's all you need to just like make them dispensable. Like, obviously, draft pick five through whatever is not nothing, um, but like it kind of is, especially if you're good at drafting. And like Karnasovas, who's running the Bulls now, Arturis Karnasovas, has a pretty decent. Uh, record is, is a drafter. He got Jokic out of the second round, obviously. He got Monte Morris out of the second round. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. isn't a bad draft pick. Jamal Murray isn't a bad draft pick. More importantly, they know how to develop people, uh, which hopefully he brought that stuff to the Bulls. I think that's like, more important than drafting, if I'm being honest now. I, well, I think so, too. But, like, we don't... We're going to have to find out whether he brought that to the Bulls, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, I think so. I just watched Patrick Williams block the shit out of DeAndre Ayton. I'm watching the game right now, um, which is, like, a thing that not a lot of small forwards do. Um, right. You know, he's he's playing very well for his rookie year. Um, they got uh, Levine to turn from a, a good player into a really good player. Uh, they turned Tad Young's shit around after he was awful under Boylan. I think most of the players who haven't played well this year um, just stink. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and like the front office agreed with me and got rid of them. Is there um, a ex- number one name you want to mention there? <laughs> well, there's there's a guy who's someone who's maybe still on the team. Yeah. Lori Markinen. I mean, <laughs> it's like as soon as he came back from injury, like they started losing more. It's like, oh, yeah, I wonder why. Like he's terrible at defense. He's soft. He can't rebound. Um, you know, He's like, but he's still a good three point shooter. But here's how bad he is at everything else. Not even the nerds who think that shooting is the only thing that matters in basketball are willing to defend this guy. Like, everybody <laughs> knows that he stinks. Like, he sucks. And they just are worse when he's on the floor. Um, and I'm pretty sure they would have traded him if they had the opportunity to. But, like, I just don't think he's worth very much right now. He's going to have to be a reclamation project for somebody. Uh, I can't believe he started, like, his whole career until three days ago or something. Mm-hmm. And and I think he was like, oh, I'm super disappointed about this. He like said the right things, but was making it very clear that he was disappointed. And it's like, well, dude, like you haven't been good ever. Like, <laughs> well, he was, were, he was good for like a, a few weeks, his rookie year. And that's what people made. Remember people were like, Ooh, they got a bull's got a real guy here. <laughs> he was a good rookie. Like he was mostly good, like in streaks, but that's, you know what you expect from a rookie. But like, he like hasn't even repeated his good rookie streaks in following years. Yeah, but my question uh, is, whose fault do you think that is? I think it's his fault. 
You don't think it's maybe that Jim Boylan was his coach for two years? (laughs) No, because, like, Zach Levine survived that, right? Thaddeus Young survived that. And, like, I understand he's a younger player, obviously. But, like, man, I just don't really care to a certain extent. Like, maybe he'll be a better player on a different team. Maybe the Magic will take him, too. And they'll just, like, try to do every, like, you know, psychological reclamation project in the league. Because that's the market inefficiency they have to go for now. Um (laughs) People are acting like these nerds basically acting like, oh, the Magic got a great haul and the Bulls are stupid. And it's like, you know, the Magic made this trade because their shit is in shambles, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this I mean, is they traded not everybody good... they could trade. Yeah, it's like this. They probably could have traded Terrence Ross too. But uh, this is like not a good situation for them. Like, this is like something you do like because you realize things have gotten really bad. And it's not like you're doing this and it's going to like, turn everything around it's like oh shit like here's these dice here's like some extra dice we can roll because we're like you know in the gutter right now Um, (laughs) well here's here's a game i'd like to play and i'm gonna give you uh the last 10 players okay i'm just gonna go with the assumption that the chicago bulls will not be so bad that they're gonna be picking in the high lottery okay so these are the last 10 players the Bulls selected with, uh, you know, middle, middle round picks, picks. middle round picks. And, and I want to tell you for each one, you have to, you have to decide whether you would prefer to have them or Nikola Vucevic. All right, let's go. I love this. Okay. Uh, first Denzel Valentine. I would rather have almost anyone than Denzel Valentine. (laughs) Yeah, he might be the only player I like less than Laurie. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm not listing Chandler Chandler Hutchison because he's already been traded, but I'm just I'm just assuming that that he's not a guy you're going to really miss. Um, I always thought that he should have gotten more minutes, but yeah, I'm like not overthinking this one. Definitely not for a, a big team that, for a team that like didn't have a small forward for a lot of his tenure. It wasn't a great sign that he couldn't see the floor yeah i i felt like he he again i think he should have gotten more minutes um especially this season under donovan because i felt like you know you just want to like give all these guys minutes and see what you have for the front office so they can make smart decisions Mm -hmm. um but you know i don't yeah i don't think he was good i also get the sense that the new administration just doesn't care about the old guys that got picked necessarily like like i think other teams might have been other it would have been a little harder to move on from wendell carter maybe but the guy who's there now is like well i didn't i didn't draft this guy like like it's a right. sunk cost i don't what, what do i care um yeah okay he yeah. wasn't good he was soft but yeah go on <laughs> yeah yeah so like move on now when you can you know credibly yeah I'm I'm very much not a picks person. Okay, your next person, Bobby Portis. Oh, I you know I think I'd probably rather have Nikola Vucevic, but um, <laughs> you know I think that uh, Bulls fans will always have the soft spot in their heart for Bobby Portis, um, despite the fact that he did punch a teammate in the face, um, yeah, so hard that he had to have surgery. But yeah, you know we still like him. Like he's a nice, he was always a nice fellow. And does, isn't that isn't that kind of cool that he was able to do that too? Like it was cool. The whole like thing it kind of it, it's like a bad thing to do, but also like wow, he put a guy in a hospital yeah. with one punch. That's kind of tight. <laughs> well, Not like, admirable, but like cool. 
like Paxton and Garform probably should have been fired like then because it was very <laughs> obvious that like that happened in large part because of um, Nikolai Mirotic being treated like a special guy and the rest of the team being treated like they were on a lower level. Uh-huh. Um, and he like didn't practice, he didn't like work out with them over the summer when they're all working out together. And, you know, everybody on the roster just sort of resented him for being like the special boy. Um, and it's just like, you know, I think that's usually a function of how the people running the team are behaving. Right. Um, but, you know, they didn't get fired until the team started uh, losing money. Right. <laughs> well, and you couldn't fire them then because you didn't fire Paxson for literally punching Vinny Del Negro like seven years ago. So it's like, right, right. Yeah, I learned it from set. you, Dad. Behavior, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. It's I learned it from you, Dad. Behavior. Yeah. yeah. And also, John Paxson was technically never fired. He was promoted into a do nothing position. Yeah, hmm. that's true. <laughs> Someone should promote um, me into a do nothing position. Sounds so sick. I know. <laughs> All right, your next one: uh, Yusuf Nurkic and Gary Harris. Wait, sorry, I wrote this down wrong. <sighs> uh, Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott, uh, you take Doug McDermott over Nikola Vucevic. Uh, you know, shouts to friend of the program, Kevin Farragan. He, uh, one of the things that he and I have bonded over the most, we both lost our minds that night. Um, just watching, I was like so worried that they were going to do something stupid because they liked Doug McDermott too much, you know? And I was like, oh, yes, Gary Harris. Oh, Nurkic. Yes, we got two good ones. We have two picks. And then, of course, they traded them for Doug McDermott, um, who, uh, you know, he's not even bad. He's not as bad as people uh, think. Um, and he's not bad in the ways that people think. Like, he actually is pretty athletic. He can, like, he can dunk on people. Mm-hmm. But um, he's actually sort of like, he's in a category of um, a white player who actually fulfills um, racist stereotypes people have about black players. <laughs> um, I would say the Mason Plumley is also in that category. Mm-hmm. Um but um, uh, I digress. Yeah, I'd rather have uh, Vucevic uh, than Doug McDermott for sure. And also the fact that Arturis Konosovas did that to the Bulls as one of his first moves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that gives me a lot of confidence about where we're heading. Yeah, that's, that is a very good point. Um, okay, uh, your next Bulls mid-rounder is Tony Snell. Oh, Tony Snell, the famous... Uh, Zero everything in the box score. Uh-huh. Oh, 28 minutes guy. Um, yeah, I'd probably have uh, rather have Nikolai Vucevic than him. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. Um, what about Marcus Teague? Not Jeff Teague, Marcus Teague. Marcus Jeff's brother. Teague. I, believe yeah, Jeff's he was, brother. I believe he was picked at the very end of the first round. You know, my main memory of Marcus Teague is like, I was like, he was not like a player yet. Like he just played in summer league. And I was like, oh, maybe he could be somebody for the Bulls. And I saw somebody on Twitter. This was like one of the first days I was ever on Twitter. It's like 2011 or something. And um, somebody was like, Marcus T fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and like that negativity just like like was so rankling to me. And I replied. And I was like, you know, he could be like a competent guy. We don't know yet, you know, which obviously this guy was right, by the way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> his whole career he was bad it wasn't a long career but um 
I was like, you know, like his brother's decent. And this guy's like, LMAO, you idiot. He's not his brother. And I was just like, wow, Twitter's bad. Like, I feel bad now. <laughs> um, all right. We got a couple more here. Norris Cole, the 28th pick. He was he was traded. He's not really a bull pick. Trade Norris Cole for. I didn't even know the Bulls. It was like it. It was that insane. Like, um, I think David Kahn made a bunch of trades for uh, point guards. Norris Cole ended up getting moved. Like, I mean, it was just a weird series of deals, just in general, because it also involved like one of the picks that someone was forced to trade for LeBron in the sign and trade. And uh, okay, let me let me give you the details on this deal. I think it goes uh, without saying that I'd take him over Vucevic, though. Yeah, he got he was a Heat pick that got traded to the Raptors. Uh, the Raptors traded the pick for James Johnson, and then they traded him and Malcolm Lee for Miritich. Yeah, I'm I'm going Norris Cole over Vucevic on this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just think he's better. No, obviously I don't think that. But I do remember Norris Cole is like I don't think this happened for very long in Norris Cole's case. Like uh-huh. people people could only keep this idea up for a few weeks. But he was like one of the funnier guys that people pretended like was so good that it made LeBron, you know, having an even more unfair team into this thing they got mad oh, about, yeah. right? They're like, oh, God, this guy's good now, too, and he's on LeBron's team. He doesn't even have to try. <laughs> I'm just like, what? It's the funniest. <laughs> the uh, friend of the program, Alex Saki, was tweeting about this today. He was like, I remember when, like, LeBron, you know, they said LeBron had more than enough help because they traded from Mo Williams. And I was like, yeah, like, I remember when they that the same thing happened with, like, mid-career Antoine Jameson. It was like, late-career Antoine Jameson. It wasn't even yeah, mid-career. Like, <laughs> I mean, the, you look at some of the people the Cavs would add at the trade deadline every year. It was like six players going out, three players coming in. It's Drew Gooden, Wally Zerbiak, <laughs> and Danielle Marshall. <laughs> and Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Here come, yeah, well, Larry Hughes wasn't working out, but here comes Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> in his 18th year in the league. <laughs> Yeah, he's 37. Let's see if we can add Danny Granger to the mix. <laughs> Uh-oh, Sean Marion's ready to play. Um, um, so Norris Cole, bizarrely, uh, on this same day, was on the lo- the extreme losing end of two different trades, which is not that Miritich was even that great, but that's a win for the Bulls to trade Norris Cole for Miritich. And then immediately he was traded for Boyan Bogdanovich. I think that's Jeez. quite I mean, a legacy. To be fair, Norris Cole. Norris Cole, NBA champion, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich and um, Nikola Miritich, no NBA championships. So. No titles, no rings. That's all so that matters, right? He's better. <laughs> I mean, they could yeah. probably buy Nor- one of Norris Cole's rings on eBay, though, at this point, probably, right? That's yeah. too mean to Norris Cole. Yeah. I need to pay. Yeah. It's not his fault. Yeah. He you know, maybe Norris Cole will be a big three champion. Who knows? Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the the mid-round pick before that was Jimmy Butler. That I'm going to go Jimmy Butler on this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. That was a good uh, Okay. How about Kevin Seraphine? I honestly barely even remember who that is. 
He was on the Wizards. He's a French guy. He had a snake named Snakey. Uh, that got loose in the arena, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to go Vucevic on this one. Uh, and then James Johnson. Still Vucevic. They managed yeah. to turn him into Norris Cole, actually, technically. Um, and then uh, the the the, la- the the tenth of the mid round uh, first round picks, Taj Gibson. Still Vucevic, but you know we love Taj here. He's you love he's him, a, but he's a great guy. But yeah, it's it's just it, when you look at who actually gets picked with a lot of these picks, and you know, I mean, I guess I guess getting a good player in the mid lottery is insanely valuable, but for the most part, practically, uh, and I would, I would maybe mention this to, um, the people currently running the golden state warriors. Um, picks are picks aren't as, as, as good as, uh, players, players to help you win now, mm-hmm. like, like good, good all-star players. Yeah, I mean, like, the if you have a player, even if, like, okay, people do this thing now where they're like, Nikola Vucevic isn't really an all-star. And I'm like, first of all, he's made the team twice. Like, that's, he's not one of these one-time all-stars, right? Um, but even then, it's like, you know, it's like, the NBA is like the hardest sport to be an all-star in, right? Um, so, like, even if he's, like, on the lower end of that, he's really good. He's way better than most of the people who are going to go in any given draft. Right. Like his proof of right. value is is modestly five times that of a top 10 draft pick. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. unless you're drafting like Zion or something, but they protected the picks one through four. So they're not going to miss out on that kind of thing. Um, it's just it boggles. It frankly boggles the mind that people analyze these things the way they do. And people are like, oh, they're right back to where they were. You know, when when they traded Jimmy Butler, um, so no, they act like they were a great team when they traded Jimmy Butler. Like <laughs> they were, they were, they were, like they were the eighth team. Yeah, and the year before that, they didn't even make the playoffs with Jimmy Butler. So, like, you know, I think they should have kept him, and they could have tried to make a move like this to build around him. Right? Um, you could make a superstar deal in which you add a superstar instead of subtracting one. Um, you know, Nikola Vucevic. <laughs> yeah, that isn't, would help. Yeah, Nikola Vucevic isn't at that level. I wouldn't call him a superstar, obviously, but like he's like the guy you want to get in a trade that's involving him, unless there's a superstar involved. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I just I and this isn't the end of what they're doing either, right? Like they're gonna make more moves. Like they would have traded Laurie if anybody wanted him. I think. Um, I think they probably concluded that the best move forward with him, as opposed to trading him for as little as he was probably worth on the market, would be to give him one more chance to try to reclaim his value. Um, and even then, they would probably sign and trade him. Like, I mean, I know what they need to do. Oh, he just turned the ball over, by the way. <laughs> He's got. Clearly, I don't know if he put Chris he just on his lost his starting spot finally, right? Clearly, yeah. this summer. The Chicago Bulls need to trade for one Andrew Wiggins. All right, let's keep moving. No. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, I, I, I want to ask one more thing, though. Which of these new players would have been Jim Boylan's favorite? Ooh. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't know if he likes anyone. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> like he's more of a principal. Well, he likes guy. Brian Archidiakono. My least favorite player. Um, I know he... I've said that about like three other Bulls <laughs> players tonight. But... Archidiakono looks like an extra on in in the Riverdale motorcycle gang, the South Street Serpents. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> he could be pushing Jingle Jangle. Yeah. Yes. Like, exactly. You just hear like some like muttered, you know, scene talk in one of those scenes about how one of the guys in the bike gang plays college basketball at Villanova. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe there's another one coming. <laughs> Wait, he has he has a brother, right? Currently on the Villanova team, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Get that arch pipeline going. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, do you want to move on to we, uh, we we have to talk about JJ Reddick, right? We do. We do. Oh <laughs> god. Uh we don't know. Uh, Sean, walk us through all of this. This is a big wall of text here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me let me walk you through this. I just want all these uh so J.J. Reddick went on his podcast and said that he felt betrayed by David Griffin, the president of the New Orleans Pelicans and uh, general manager uh, and Alaskan assassin Trajan Langdon. Um, So he said in November, he said he wanted to get traded. Now, you can tell that that J.J. Reddick is not being completely honest because of the way he phrased this at the beginning. I talked to Griff. I talked to Trajan. Griff basically says to me, now basically is a very important word here. Well, there's one thing they're being lied before you go on. Take it up with Coach K if you have a problem with Trajan Langdon. You know what I mean? Like Coach K, pick a favorite here. You know what I mean? He's not doing anything right now. So so the idea is J.J. Redick wanted to be traded closer to his his primary family in Brooklyn. And apparently he was upset with because they traded Jeru Holiday, which he claims was his main reason for signing in New Orleans. The ability to play with Jeru Holiday, not Zion Williamson, but Jeru Holiday. Um, so he wanted to be traded somewhere closer to Brooklyn, where his family lives. Now, keep in mind, his family, J.J. Redick has never played for the Knicks or the Nets. Mm-mm. He played in Philly for a couple of years and also did not. His family did not live in the same city as him. I believe as him. his family also at one point lived in Austin, Texas. Uh, that that could I, I wouldn't be surprised. Which by that. he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh huh. I know that's but, far that's far away, but it's like pretty close. You know what I mean? But he he here's the thing: he became a free agent after mm-hmm. signing with the 76ers, and he signed a two year deal to play in New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah. Uh, and his family just didn't move from Brooklyn. So, and his son couldn't travel to New Orleans because his Brooklyn kindergarten has strict quarantine rules. Mm-hmm. And which, and by the way, he didn't the, like he's the only guy who has a family. But also, so, didn't at one point the Reddicks get involved in like an ugly charter school fight? Yes, his yeah. his <laughs> wife got. A teacher fired. Yeah. There was an online group. It was like some kind of next door, but just Brooklyn preschool. Yeah, read that thing. on the read that on the cut. Uh, yeah, it's yeah about the, can... the great the the battle of Grace Church, Brooklyn's oldest nursery school. So this yeah. is like thematically similar to the podcast. Nice white parents. Yeah, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. 
And because I probably because she was pulling so many power plays at this preschool, his wife refused to then leave Brooklyn. Too and much again, cloud in the preschool scene. Again, JJ Reddick signed a pretty lucrative two-year contract to willingly go mm-hmm. to New Orleans, Louisiana, while his family stayed in Brooklyn, New York. He was driving a car from Brooklyn to Philadelphia, commuting uh-huh. to basketball games as a Instead professional. of taking a train, which is, there's like a pretty easy train from New York to Philadelphia. Would you, nice. would, you have been, would you have been thrilled as a member of the 76ers about that arrangement? Because I, <laughs> I wouldn't have been. Um, okay, anyway. Um, now, he says, he says, Griff basically says to me, now basically does a lot of work here. Come down for a month. If you still want to be traded, I'll give you my word. I'll get you to a situation you like. And then he said, obviously, he did not honor his word. Truthfully, and it's hard for me to admit this, I think I was a little naive in thinking that because I was in year 15 and I had at least attempted to do things right before my career. Again, that's not anything. I I at least attempted to do things right, and I honored my end of the bargain. But in terms of this front office, yeah, it's not something where I would expect certainly the agents that worked on this with me to ever trust that front front office again. Now, here's my question. Here's the thing. He did not honor his end of the bargain because he didn't play well enough this year to get traded to the Brooklyn Nets. They gladly would have traded for him. His end of the bargain is hitting 35% of his threes and play sh- the shittiest defense in the league. Is that is that his bargain? Yeah, he's he was really bad when I when I've watched him this year. They stopped playing him a while ago pretty much because of yeah. how bad he was like self-tanking and it's like you're not good enough to self-tank, dude. This is kind and, of like the PJ Tucker thing. And apparently he thought that he would get bought out at the aggregate deadline. I didn't even know what that was. I had to look that up. I guess you can't aggregate salary in a trade unless you make it. It doesn't even make sense to me. And then he thought he would get bought out and go where he wanted, which was obviously the Brooklyn Nets. Mm -hmm. Like, he says it's not necessarily the Brooklyn Nets, but his whole complaint is that he couldn't get to Brooklyn enough. (laughs) Um, But you know how he could have gotten a buyout earlier? Uh, Giving some money back. Well, also, was didn't? Didn't he have a player option too? Uh, maybe. I think he did. I think he picked up an option this summer. Well, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> um, because he probably couldn't have gotten thirteen million with a different team. No, yeah. he couldn't um, at this point. And so David Griffin's response was pretty good because uh, I think he just dissed this guy. We did spend a great deal of time trying to put JJ closer to home. When it became clear that the teams that were in the best position regionally for him were not necessarily the most aggressive in landing him, we did have conversations about the importance of immediately contending as he's aging. I called him an old man there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think we felt confident that JJ welcomed the better contending opportunity because we're not even at the plan at this point. We felt like it was the right thing to do for him and his family. And then Stan Van Gundy said, I have problems when it gets skewed that it's a business from my end, but you should not be a business on your end. That's not right. It's a business on both ends. Damn right, Stan Van Gundy. Look, normally I'm on the player's side. (laughs) But this player happens to be J.J. Reddick. It's J.J. Reddick, but also, like, like, if if you really have a concern about that, don't don't live thousands of miles away from your family. Like, did there's an easy solution. You're getting yeah. paid enough to relocate. You know, I mean, 
I, I think <laughs> like, he might have like just gotten carried away. Like, live in the city away. where you're playing professional basketball. Sorry. I, I Oh, I just think he might have gotten carried away because he heard it was about to be white boy summer. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I got to get there. Yeah, I got to get over there, man. Maybe he really wanted to go to the Clippers, actually, so he could get the wear the white boy summer font on his jersey. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. He uh, he's fucking annoying, dude. Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? You're bad. Like, you don't get to choose where you go. It doesn't work that way. Also, like, he made twenty three million dollars in twenty seventeen and eighteen. Like, that's like, a lot. Get rent a house for your family. Yeah. Or take less money and play for one of those New York teams. It does remind me of Derek Fisher back in the day, pulling all that shit when he just wanted to go back to the Lakers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Being like, oh, my family is falling apart. I have to go back there. It's like, no, dude, you just don't, like, want to play for these teams anymore. (laughs) What are you you talking about? You regretted signing a contract. Like, you, you, like, I'm all for taking the money. Don't get me wrong. But, uh... You know, you there there are things that go along with getting the most money you can. And that's, you know, sometimes you're you might have to move to the city you're playing in. Um so I mean his twenty three million dollars a year was not enough to get him to live in the city where he was playing. So I have a question so for you guys that's concerning this. Um if you could tell J.J. Reddick, any lie to his face like David Griffin did here, what lie would you tell him? Ooh, that's, this, is, this, one's, this one's fun. Um, I, I'd have to think about it. Maybe I'll come up with a, a good one later. I, I think it's something like really fucked up. Um, <laughs> like re- something really subtle that like is really effectively gaslighting. <laughs> Something about the salary cap, probably. Uh, like, there actually, there actually is a clause. Like, you could have gone to New York, um, just to make him more mad about it. Maybe I, my lie, I would tell him that uh, Apple has canceled podcasts, so they're over. He has to cancel <laughs> his. He can't record it anymore. Apple and Spotify don't are aren't running podcasts anymore. So sorry, you're a, you have to be a basketball player now. I would tell him that Coach K was an atheist. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, My favorite thing, like, okay, so I'm very sympathetic to the sentiment of this, but I think it's very funny. Um, Vincent Poirier, I'm not saying that right, but Poirier. Poirier? I think it's Poirier. uh, Traded from the Sixers, and uh, he he was upset that the Sixers traded him... uh, to the Knicks and uh, the Doc Rivers did not send him a message. Why they they kept him in the sa- in town? That's the same town, according to JJ Reddick. Right, right, right. That's, that's essentially the same, the same city. city. Yeah, his family city. that probably lived in you know Scranton, Pennsylvania, <laughs> or Providence, Rhode Island, as you do. All you need to do is be three or four hours drive away from your family in the in the famously easy commute area of northeastern united states um and he was upset he said i'm not asking doc to give me compliments but just a message to wish me good luck we are not commodities we are still human beings it's a minimum of sending a message to say that the situation was complicated but thank you for your professionalism a bogus thing even if he doesn't really mean it 
And you know what? I I get that they they are not commodities, uh, but there are, there are two important things I think that that mitigate this a little bit. Mm-hmm. First, uh, the Knicks immediately released him, so okay. he can he can kind of go wherever wherever he wants now. Uh, but also, Doc Rivers got rid of his own son that day. <laughs> so, He's done I more mean, than once now. Yeah, he just doesn't care about. Uh, I I just don't think he cares about the this twenty seven year old rookie. Oh no, he's not a rookie. He was he was a rookie last year, but uh, he, he played he played ten games. Do you think Danny not, sent Danny Ainge sent him a text when he got traded from there? No, not not I a, bet not. He did. Oh, you know what? Maybe he did. Like, well, it depends on if the Panera Bread had Wi Fi or not. <laughs> Um, all right. Is that Let's talk about these buyouts really, really quick. Okay, you want to talk buyouts? Okay, sure. Just really fast. Lightning round. I just want to get to the last one. Okay. Um, buyouts. Andre Drummond's now a Laker. Uh, Cool. Whatever. Seems like like kind of a good player to be available for free, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can do, like, the JaVale Dwight role that they had to use last year. Yeah, Which they're yeah, kind of missing right now because Gasol sure. can't do that. Yeah, so. he's definitely overpaid and overrated. Like, I'm not going to say he's a Hall of Famer like uh, Sopan no. Dev of the New York Times does. But, like, he did lead the league in rebounding for the last five years. Like, that that seems like, I don't know, seems like a good yeah, guy. It's weird that that doesn't matter as much. But uh, it just doesn't, I guess, because he's just he doesn't help teams win. I mean, I guess. But he'll help, he'll on he'll one help them terrible he's a role team. player there. Like, I mean, you That's could true. say he doesn't help teams win, but, like, the other star on his team was playing, like, 20 games a year and was always hurt. Like, talk about Blake Griffin. Greg Monroe? I just don't, I don't really think that Andre Drummond was <laughs> underachieving. That's fair. I mean, he's never, you're right, he's never been in a good situation. Yeah. Um, so I mean, they made maybe, the playoffs a couple times. Anyway, I... Maybe this will be it. Who knows, man? It'll be it. Look, if Andre Drummond... Uh, he's been waiting for that ring for so long. Let's hope he gets. Um, okay. Uh, Gorgie Jang became a spur. He is. Did you know his name was the Senegalese sniper, Joey? Oh, that's cool. Everybody knows 48% from three this year. Coach Pop is going to make him take two steps inside the line before he does any of that nonsense (laughs) again. Uh, would you like to know Gorgie Jang's other basketball reference nickname? I definitely would. It is Trebuchet. That's a that, that rocks. That's tight. a good nickname. Why did they Why did they let him go? Why did they buy him out? The Grizzlies. Yeah, because he's like third. He's like the fourth string center. He's behind Valence Eunice and Clark and uh, oh, uh, Xavier yeah. Tillman. So it's a. It why would and Jaron Jackson is apparently coming back at some point. Yeah, but he's isn't like, he like good enough to trade and get something back for. He, I think he just made too much, and they just didn't want to bother taking the salary back. Also, I think they like him, so I think I think he's like, uh, I think he's a good dude. So much like the JJ Redick situation, he was not betrayed uh, by the Memphis front office the same way JJ Redick was. No, right. I think I think I think Jag like, you know, they got him so they could basically he was like the price of getting Justice Winslow. I think is he going Is to right? be better for them than? Lamarcus Aldridge was. I kind of think, yeah. I don't think yeah. he can outplay Jakob Pertle, so no. 
Hurdle is awesome. I know. But, I mean, isn't he? The, isn't he the back? Isn't Gorky the backup center now? Uh, yeah, but he's yeah. like a good backup center. Yeah, no, right? he's he's a good backup he just seems center. like he's another guy where it's like I really yeah, like he Gorky. was overpaid, but he's good. Yeah. Like I mean, he's not maybe he's not good, but he's like he is an NBA player. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Respect uh, to the Spurs, by the way. They like the Bulls got their asses handed to them playing them when they like had their first game with like a, a you know a third of the roster turned over. Oh, right. And um, man, they just. They just play really well. Respect to the Spurs. What can I say? Yeah. Yeah. Like they're going to be the sixth seed and people are going to go, what? And then. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, they're a playoff team. And if LaMarcus Aldridge was still good and helping them, they probably wouldn't have bought him out. Yeah. <laughs> but like he wasn't. So they did. And another weird thing is that uh, DeMar DeRozan keeps improving every year. And, yeah. and no but one no really one cares. notices or cares because he's in San Antonio and, you know, he wasn't Kawhi. But, like, they're they're getting, uh, you know, he is exceeding expectations and yet uh, very dismissed. Um, I think people are just relieved to not have to care about the Spurs after all those years. But, like, low-key, they should be caring about the Spurs still. Right, right. And they're fun to watch, too. <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of young guys. And, like, Greg Popovich is, like, devastated still from like his wife dying and this finding meaning in life teaching these young men how to play come on that's good stuff yeah he looks like the uh, fucking crypt keeper right now though it's it's it's, it's sort, of like that finding, sort of like a finding forest or situation yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um demarcus he's like the, he's like up there being like uh, I think it's time we ran the scream and roll. <laughs> uh, anyway, Let's keep... run horns, the devil's horns. <laughs> um, okay, next next one. Uh, bad sign for Boogie Cousins. Uh, the Clippers would not commit to giving him a ten day contract until next week. It's not great, but he's probably joining the Clippers. Why? <laughs> I mean, it seems like well, because it's isn't that an incredibly clipper ass acquisition considering the last two years? Like, don't you want uh, the guy with the same like a like center version of Reggie Jackson, basically? Oh God, Reggie I mean, Jackson. That's less. I mean, the the Clippers end isn't what I'm. I mean the the signing him part isn't what I'm confused about. It's why are they waiting till next week to sign him to the 10 day? I'm, I'm sure it's like a tax thing or like they're not playing that many games this week or something. I think, I think they're probably trying to time it so they can keep him as long as possible without committing to him for the whole season. That's my guess. Um, oh, and then a big one, uh, Jeff Teague. He's now a buck guys. He's a Milwaukee buck. Oh man. Uh, look, I'm going to tell you right now, Buddenholzer is going to play him way too much in a playoff game, and it's going to be bad. Well, the yes. the other guy, Joey, how do you feel about the other guy uh, who worked out for the team for that spot was Brandon Knight? So Jeff Teague beat out Brandon Honestly, Knight. Honestly, I'd their- rather, Ooh, if I were God. a Bucks fan, I'd rather sign Brandon Knight, I think. Because at least Brandon Knight is like an unknown quantity here. Where it's like, oh, maybe he's healthy now. You know what I mean? He's a, a year or two off. I gotta say, though. Brandon Knight's career was ruined by just being too embarrassed. 
Oh, by, by DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, yeah. And he like got his ankles completely twisted in like the rookie sophomore game. Yeah, that was right. a rough like two week stretch for Brandon Knight. Yeah, um, he was like really talented, but then he just like. I think spiritually never recovered from those things. Well, he yeah. also got traded at like the height of his playing to the Suns in a contract year. Um, and he, he just really shredded his knee. Like he's, he's yeah. still coming back from a knee injury that was two plus years ago. So, which it's not very big. So, um, my real question is, this is a reunion of Jeff Teague and Mike Budenholzer. Will there be a repeat of the time that they uh, went to a Drake concert together? No, because of the pandemic. So it's oh, not right. even fun. <laughs> I do want to read this quote. I just didn't see Coach Bud at a Drake concert. I just didn't see that coming. When I look back and I seen him, I was like, that's impressive. It's like some Michael Scott shit, though. Well, he, I, I think, I think Coach Bud went with his wife and Damari Carroll. Yeah, I think that's right too. <laughs> anyway, uh, I just wanted to bring up that story because uh, I just, I love that. That's where they bond. That's where he bonded mm-hmm. with the Atlanta Hawks. See you in here. All right, is that our episode, Sean? I think that's our episode. Um, John. Thank you for coming on. What do you want to plug? Oh, you know, check out my Twitter if you're not there already at John Wilmes, W-I-L-M-E-S words. Um, you know, you can check out my book, mousehousebooks.com. Uh, lots of articles. You can find that all on my Twitter. Get Dad, Jad Sadness Milo. It's a book. I liked it. Liked it a lot. Um, Sean, plug away, baby. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, my my Zoom show is normally on Friday nights, but this week. Well, this isn't going to air till I'm not putting this up till Friday. So. Oh God t- damn it, keep Joey. that in mind. <laughs> Plugs. Uh, well, then it will be on Friday. Uh, April 9th will be the next show. I don't know who's performing yet because uh, we're we're a week out, and I think that's it. I don't think I have anything else to plug. Check that out. Um, Sean, did you write a song? I did. Uh, I wrote it about one of these buyout guys uh, in collaboration with They Might Be Giants. Uh, John is a big fan of the podcast, Joey. Oh, which one? Uh, well, the other John does not care for it. Which, which John do you think would like the podcast? <laughs> Unfortunately, Flansburg. You're damn right it would be it's <laughs> Flansburg. Even though Linnell is the one I, who I care about. Um, all right. Wait, Flansburg listens to this? No, <laughs> no, but well, I mean, I feel Possibly. like he might. Like, like, <laughs> it fits his personality a lot more than uh, the other John. So, um, anyway, this is a song, uh, it's based on my favorite They Might Be Giant songs. It's called uh, Gorgie Jang. Uh, perfect. And then, as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz. We're on 626-2014. I tweeted, had a good run playing b-ball at Kurt Warner's house last night. The broken rib I suffered is totally worth it. No big breaths for me. (laughs) Uh, I just hope they keep that child in, like, packing peanuts. Mouse? Mouse. His son, Mouse. Uh, like such a, is, why is he Frankie Muniz like living out the book of Job? I just don't get it. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. Patreon.com slash roundrockpod. Uh, Twitter at roundrockpod. Roundrockpod at gmail.com. T-shirts at the T Public link in the description of this episode. Um, also, there's one other thing I'm forgetting. Five-star reviews on iTunes. Weird they only let you give five-star reviews, but it's true. Uh, and call us on the phone, which the phone number is also in the description of the episode. Um, trust the process. Trust the process. And uh, shut it down. Uh, let's all uh, get mad that our bosses lie to our faces. Make a hole in the roster at the five from a guy that you got in a three-way trade. He's a man from a foreign nation. Senegal is his real home. Thank you, Mackie Sound. Conference standings look upside down from here. Riverwalk isn't like the Mississippi. Coach Pop's voice is a scratchy record. He's in the CIA and it never ends. Gordon and Jang and I are getting old, but we still haven't played in the lights of an NBA playoff series. Listen, Gorgie, take the buyout. It's the roster advice I would give if I paid for Duncan Prime. All alone at the four spot for the Wolves. Coach Tibbs yelling ice, 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 ice. Who is there at the Target Center? Why do the Wolves think Todd Gibson was better? Or the time when he and Booker threw down. Telling Devin to meet into Macula. Cut the nets down playing for Platino. He's got a big face, but he fought with Jimmy too. Corgi Jang and I are getting old, but we still haven't played in the Mecca forever in Foreign Center. Listen, Corgi, don't go to the nets, because Twitter will get really mad if they've got a spot for you. When I was doom scrolling, I saw this written on a blog. I don't want the mid-level exception. I'd settle for half. They don't need him in Memphis, they want him there. Cause he lost his playing time to Xavier. And Coach Pop's getting the wins record. Gonna pass Melly for the wins record. Nelly likes Gorgie cause he shoots the three. And the Spurs aren't winning anything. Gorgie, Jang, and I are getting old, but we still haven't played in the lights of an NBA playoff series. Listen, Gorgie, take the fire. It's the roster advice I would give if I paid for Duncan Prime. Gorgie, Jang, and I are getting old, but we still haven't walked on the bridge between Senegal and the Gambia. Listen, Gorgie, don't go behind the line, because Coach Ruff is more comfortable if his center takes long twos. Gorgie, Jang, and I are getting old, but we still haven't played in the Mecca for every foreign center. Listen, Gorgie, don't go to the nets, because Twitter will get really mad if they've got a spot for you. Gorgie, Jang, and I are getting old, but we still haven't played in the lights of an NBA playoff. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. AdWanted UK is the provider of single-source media data for agencies, media owners, brands, and academic institutions. And thanks to our rebranded news offering called The Media Leader, we can also lead the way in championing excellence and inclusion in the media industry. To find out more, simply visit the-media-leader.com to subscribe to our daily bulletins. The Media Leader from AdWanted UK.